The following is a presentation of the Speed Sport Podcast Network. Kyle Busch won the season opener at Talladega. DeGroot was second. He's the reigning champion. It's the iRacers Download, where reality meets the virtual world of auto racing. Cardwell hoping it stays green. He nearly spins it around. Who's it going to be, Cardwell, Berkeley, or someone else? iRacing's executive director, Dale Earnhardt Jr. I think that NASCAR is starting to see the value and the opportunities that can present themselves working with iRacing. From the Speed Sport Podcast Studios, powered by My Race Pass, here are your hosts, Justin Prince and Taylor Burris. Welcome to another edition of the iRacers download from the Speed Sport Podcast Studio, powered by My Race Pass. Taylor Burris here along with Justin Prince, our producer, the great Richard Colbreth, as we're going to be covering some of the news and highlights of the week here in iRacing. And Justin, it all started off, of course, back on Saturday from when we released our last episode where the Porsche Tag Heuer Esports Super Cup headed to the brand new circuit on iRacing Magni Coors as, of course, none other than British driver from the Coanda Simsport team came out on top. Charlie Collins taking home the win over Diego Pinto, defending series champion. Not a surprise to see Charlie Collins, I think you can obviously say, because when it comes to Charlie Collins' pace, he was also a championship contender last year, was always so one of the main prospects for Coenda as a whole for the past few seasons. So for when it comes to Collins, expect him to be big things throughout the rest of this campaign, to say the very least, if you can get it done, attract Mike Circuit and every Magnor and every Cures. It really is. And looking at some of the other highlights of the race, of course, you had Jordan Caruso, who came home in P3, Sebastian Joe P4, Cooper Webster rounding out your top five. And as this championship has already gone through, it's still defending series champion Diego Pinto, who holds a two-point lead over Charlie Collins as they head off to the next round, which will be happening in two weeks as they head over to the United States for the battle in the streets at Long Beach. Of course, the action kicks off Saturday, March the 4th at, of course, 1 p.m. Eastern time with All-Star action beginning at 2 o'clock. So a lot of things still to go on here, but this championship really starting to step into overdrive after two rounds in the books. And we're starting to see who are going to be the favorites for this championship. Yeah, when it comes to this campaign, the intriguing thing is on top of Pinto being Pinto is some of the drivers who are looking to try and rise to the ranks. Some of those trying to make that a statement, so to speak. And that's going to be the difficult thing with this type of a season, right? You have to be very quick every single time. You have to be right on top. And with the format, as you know, Taylor, when it comes to Porsche Takeaway Sports Super Cup as a whole, qualifying is critical, but also being able to stay on the racetrack is critical in the race in itself. It really is. A lot of things are going to be happening. And of course, heading to a track such as Long Beach will prove critical drivers especially this is going to be the first time that we've seen the porsche tag hoyer esports super cup head to this circuit and a lot of people are really excited about it but also know that it is going to be a treacherous situation i mean it's long beach what can you say if we don't end up with 10 cars in the fountain on lap one it's a shock in all seriousness though it's a very difficult racetrack to try and battle around not going to be easy to make passes not going to be easy to avoid slamming into several different tire barriers and walls it's going to challenge even the best of competitors and their patience, to say the very least. It certainly is. And from one form of road racing, we go to the open wheel world, the Skip Barber Formula iRacing series, as headed off to Circuit of the Americas last week. And Harley Houghton took home the victory after sweeping both races in this race. 
as Diego Pinto came home second, as well as Michael Yanni rounding out your top three in race number one. Josh Thompson and Michael Yanni coming home in second and third in race number two. And Harley Houghton, though, I have to say, two lap or two race wins led all the laps. This is definitely going to be an exciting championship as they get ready to head to the next race, which is at Virginia International Raceway. I'm very intrigued, though, on what we see at VR more than anything else because it's with some of the updated graphics. It's the first time in a major event, so to speak, without the tree. So it's going to be one of those types of days, I think you have to say the least, where it could be make or break, in my opinion. Because when it comes to how quick the series is, like we talked about with Porsche Tech Yuri Sports Super Cup, when it comes to Skip Barbers, you want a shot to race for the Real World Championship, you better be on your game. And guess what? As we've already talked about, there's a chance you're in the championship hunt if you get that first spot in the esports side. You certainly are. I mean, we already saw that already from the previous time we did the Skip Barber Formula iRacing series where we're seeing some of these drivers who go off to compete in the real-world Skip Barber Formula Series end up winning races, even winning championships, and moving on to other forms of open-wheel racing, whether it be the USF, USF Series or some of the Road to Indy standard ladder system, which is a great stepping stone once you complete the Skip Barber Formula Series. And with that, we'll take a quick break, but when we come back, we'll discuss more regarding eNASCAR news, as well as also exciting build news. You're listening to the iRacers download from the SpeedSport Podcast Studio, powered by MyRacePass. Welcome back to the iRacers download from the SpeedSport Podcast Studio, powered by MyRacePass. Taylor Burris here, along with Justin Prince. As we continue more discussion, the eNASCAR news this past week was, of course, the eNASCAR College Series as Logan Clampett goes back-to-back in dominant fashion at Dover or Dover Motor Speedway and t- kicked off another dominant run for the College Series. Looking forward to seeing what he can do as he definitely showcased incredible pace from start to finish where really no one could touch him. Daniel Botafuco tried to, but unfortunately ran out of time. Well, it's very difficult when you have to race Logan Clampett, who, as we know, very much so accomplished when it comes to his East NASCAR, Coca-Cola iRacing Series time on the platform. No, he's focusing a lot on school these days. It's not going to be easy to beat him. But Daniel Budafuco, remember, was the legend of the college series from last year, especially with his experience on other platforms in NASCAR competition. So to say the very least, when you have drivers such as that up at the front, when you have a lot of the Coke drivers even trying to battle for their own tuition fees to be paid forward, you're not going to have an easy time. And it's it's essentially one of those types of races where you've got to survive, like a track like Dover, like some, well, did not. One of the things I noticed, Justin, regarding this race was the launches that Logan Clampett was able to pull off each and every restart. He was able to pretty much pull the entire field, and no one could stop him. That's what caused him to really pull out get a good enough lead, and then start conserving his tires as the run progressed. I think that's partly with the restart zone, but partly just how good he and more confident he was on even cold tires to be able to launch it from that restart zone, be able to hold on to the advantage, be able to make sure to lessen any chance of the reeling gap, because even when you get some of the big jumps, as we've seen throughout the years on the platform, sometimes your competitors just find a way to be able to reel you back in. In that case, really, when you have a pro-caliber driver like Clampett, I don't think it's a shock that he knows not only how to time it up to be able to get the best launch single file by at least two, three car lengths, 
but also make sure he isn't reeled in like a fishing rod. Certainly is the case. Of course, the next round of the eNASCAR College Series heads to Michigan March 21st. But if you do want to get involved, if you are a college student, you have between March 1st to March 14th to enter into the time trials. So if you have an iRacing account, just go to the iRacing UI, select choosing race, then go to time trials, select the College Series time trial and set the fastest lap. In other news, the eNASCAR Qualifying Road to Pro Series kicked off at the World Center of Racing at Daytona International Speedway. A lot of great racing action, but after the dust has settled, the clouds, the chaos that ensued, Larry Pace from Canada takes home the points lead and the top split victory in exciting fashion as he will lead it over Septa Merchant, Briar LePrad, your top three. Meanwhile, Though, as we look a little further back in through the championship, it is Cody Harris who holds that coveted 70th position. Very wild, to say the very least, for the first time out at Daytona. That's the major emphasis point, for, I think, you can tell from all the competitors, including myself, even, I'll be honest. Because in all the splits, they happen in very different ways. If For those that went green, if you found a way to be able to find some friends and break away, you put yourself in a good spot. If you had yourself at second split from my understanding a lot of tempers are flaring specifically against one driver who stopped at the racetrack and then got hit by the second pack if you're in top split competition and you're like larry pace you're absolutely pumped up because of how tight the margins were in the first place at that checker flag taylor and as well as how difficult it was this year just to make top split as a whole in terms of the qualifications to say the very least, Daytona, when it's usually the top, the first race for the RTP schedule, it's not easy. Some people might end up using it as a drop. Others, it might be the big momentum swing they're looking for or that conversation point before you head to Las Vegas. Well, Justin, you had a pretty good week, I'd have to say. You started on the front row and come home with a ninth place finish. I mean, walk us through a little bit of your race. Well, that was split nine, believe it was. And essentially... If it went green, it would have came down to four drivers. Myself, Dalton Cowden, as well as believe two others are in this kind of one race alliance, so to speak, that we had planned out with the pit strategy, where we came in early, undercut the entire pack, and reeled down the pack by about up to two seconds a lap. And then you had the field elect some of the drivers to undercut us at lap 50 after our final pit stop. And that's what really cost us a second a lap to the leaders before the caution started flying. It stays green. We're in the conversation for the win, but instead, still a top 10. And that's good enough for the first week, at least, even in split nine, to be in the top 120 in points. Remember, top 70 gets you in. But if you can score points consistently, you can make it. And the major thing I've heard in the past from some, this has now increased belief since then with the SOF increases, if you really want to make it to round two, you need to be scoring about 170, 175 points per round at least. That's doable if you run at the front every race. Well, right now you are about 129 points from that 70th position right now. So next round, of course, will be next weekend or next Thursday at the Las Vegas Motor Speedway. Catch all the action on multiple different streams as multiple different broadcast companies cover different splits across so just keep an eye out on social media for more information 
With that, we're going to take a final commercial break. But when we come back, we will discuss some brand new developments as well as some brand new toys coming to iRacing here in the near future. You're listening to the iRacers download from the SpeedSport Podcast Studio powered by MyRacePass. Welcome back to the iRacers download from the SpeedSport Podcast Studio powered by MyRacePass. Just Prince Taylor Burst, producer Richard Colbreth with us as we continue to discuss the news of the week. Last time out of the iRacers download, we talked about a little bit some of the various different adjustments and updates coming up in the future, including with some of the tire models on the platform. But at the end of that respective discussion, we did mention some of the various tracks coming into play, Taylor. One of those tracks from that specific list got revealed this week by the platform as well as a new car. It really was. It was, of course, none other than Jerez, which is a beautiful circuit, I have to say, watching the onboard cams from iRacing. And we've seen it utilized in other forms of racing, such as, of course, the open wheel, motorcycle racing, as well as so many other touring cars over in Europe. And it's just going to be not a typical European track that we normally see. You know, European tracks are more forgiving, per se. They have a little bit of runoff where you can go off, you can come back on. Jerez, not really. This is a little bit more unforgiving. A lot of sand traps, grass pits, where if you make a mistake, you're going to have more trouble. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be an easy track. It looks like a very difficult track. It's been a track that many different platforms, not just sim racing, but racing general, have picked up inspiration from, like Mario Kart of the past. It's the type of facility, when you look at it as a whole, when you think about it as a whole, you have to be brave on dive bombs in some of those sections. Let's put it this way. It's dive bombers paradise. It really is. Of course, it did hold the Spanish Formula One Grand Prix at one point in the early to mid 2000s. But this circuit, of course, is a 2.75 mile or 4.4 kilometer circuit with a very wide, long straightaways, very high, like you said, dive bomb corners that can provide a lot of great racing and the car that they showcased while giving a quick lap guide was none other than another fan favorite to European drivers, the Formula Ford. And that's a car that's been talked about coming through the pipeline for the past a little while or so. I think that's a critical part of the platform to have for the open wheel ladder, especially when you have stuff like Skip Barber to throw that into the mix as well. So I think in, in turn... It's important to have something like that to help round out that content on the open wheel side of the ladder. It really is. And speaking of a stepping stone in the European and touring car ladder, it was revealed this past week a uh, the Renault Clio Cup cars will be joining the iRacing service. And when I saw these, I kind of chuckled a little bit because a lot of us in, our, in a certain group that we talked to we're thinking this is going to be the meme car where we're going to see a lot of the silly, funny stuff that we see, just like we see in the Renault Clio Cup in the real world. Yeah, I found it intriguing when I first seen that because, again, that it was kind of under the radar because, well, when's the last time a Renault was on the iRacing platform? The Renault oh, Formula 1 car, correct me if I'm wrong, or rather the Formula 3.5. So it's been a while. Yes, the 3.5. So it's been a while, to say the very least, but again... It goes to the same vein. You want to have that roundedness. You want to bring in as many different interests as possible if you are a company as a whole. And I think having a car like the Renault and the Clio helps complete that with the, some of the racing it provides. And to be honest, based on what we've seen with the Toyota GR86, I wouldn't be surprised to see it in the same vein. After all, this is a company that did in the pandemic invest in doing a whole esports championship with its rear-wheel drivers. 
It really is. And of course, for those who live in Europe, that is that stepping stone to be able to experience working your way up into the sports car racing ladder. Most drivers start off with the Clio Cup before moving into a touring car, which then moves into, of course, a GT4 to a GT3 to then P3 to P2 to now the hypercar and LMDH. So it is one of those important stepping stones that drivers in both the real world and virtual world can utilize. Exactly. And it's I think going to be one of those cars very fun on the platform. Once again, I know I say that a fair old bit amount. But again, when you put in that type of racing, I love that type of racing sometimes because it can put on that excitement factor, but also be very challenging as a competitor to be able to actually win in. Well, we just have to wait a little bit longer because the infamous Week 13 is coming in very soon. And I think for when it comes to week 13 this year, it could be pretty, pretty intriguing how much is on the list because, well, there's already rumored to be a lot more on the list, let's put it that way, with some of the stuff they've hinted at. So at this point, it's going to be a very busy March, to say the very least. Well, you know what? There has been rumors uh, in talks that such uh, cars, such as, of course, the brand new V8 supercars, the, both the Ford Mustang and Chevrolet Camaro have been in talks. A lot of people have been looking at brand new LMDH cars or GTP cars coming online, such as the Acura and the Porsche LMDH car. And, of course, the brand new tracks that iRacing has already revealed they're working on, tracks such as the Algrave or Portimao Circuit, Aragon, Jerez, which we touched on already, Mazzano, the track in New Zealand, and the Lebanon track, which is going to be very exciting to have tracks from both Europe, Australia, and Asia added onto the circuit because the Asia market has really not been touched a whole lot at pretty much ever since Fuji, which I know is before Fuji, though, it was starting to be dwindling where we didn't get a lot of Japanese or Asian circuits. Yeah, you're right, actually absolutely right in terms of how long it had been prior to even Fuji because that was the first time since, well, Sakuba. in about four or five years at least. Sakuba, yeah, so it had been a long, long time. So I think this is, again, make point catch-up at this point, you can argue. Trying to catch up on that missing content, trying to get the historic preservation in, as talked about in Australia and New Zealand. And in particular, in my opinion, making sure you cover every single portion of it to make sure you can broaden those that talent base and broaden that, that base as a whole to be able to bring in those various players across those various regions. Certainly is. Also, some updated tracks on iRacing will be, receive a much-needed facelift, such as, of course, Zandvoort. And don't worry, the United States will be covered. There's a couple of dirt tracks out in California that are currently getting data captured for the dirt content. So that answers some of the dirt content questions. There had been mentions of a lot of dirt tracks being scanned, as well as some short tracks being scanned through the, through the pipeline. It's, again, just a matter of Getting them done, it's, from my understanding of the process, around six to nine months at least when it comes to each of the short tracks, for example. It's just a matter of getting it right, though, Taylor, is the critical thing. It really is. So we'll stay tuned for more exciting action. Justin, a lot of things still to come, of course. Next week is the next round of the eNASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing series. So much to talk about. We'll try to make sure we sit down with whoever comes out with the victory of that event. And we've talked a little bit about the Milwaukee Mile. First time ever the Coke Series is going to attract not on the cup schedule. And some drivers that ask for a shakeup. Well, Milwaukee Mile is a bit of a shakeup and kind of gives some influence, so to speak, on 
working on the Wonky Mono updates, I will say, hint, hint. But in all seriousness, it's not going to be an easy racetrack. It's an eh, again. Second race of the season, starting off with a short track that is very tricky as a whole, has high tire degradation, has to be able to find the exact lines you have to drive. We talked about this with the previous winner on the schedule, that he actually thinks he's a contender, potentially, for that track, since he's more of a short track racer. I think, in our words, the Milwaukee Mile, I think, may put on some surprises on who goes to victory lane. It certainly is. Well, we will be back next week for another edition of the iRacers Download. It's good to be back. I'm sorry for those who have who've been tuning in week in and week out and having Justin just talk a little bit about certain things as well as some of the great interviews we've had. But I'm back. We're good to go. So here's to some more great racing action for the weeks to come. The great racing is going to keep on going to say the very least. Again, you have RTB in Las Vegas. You have the Coke Series that's talked about. You have the pressure on for drivers to qualify for the next College Series schedule right for the new build around that window. In our words, if you are amongst those drivers looking to battle, don't look no further. iRacing is about to have a lot happen. It certainly is. With that, though, it is time we come to a close for, of course, our great producer, Richard Colbreth, my partner in the booth, Justin Prince. I'm Taylor Burris. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the iRacers Download from the Speedsport Podcast Studio, powered by My Race Pass. <laughs>